Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. All right, good morning, everybody. Um, let's go to Mark chapter 4. I want to talk to you this morning for a few minutes about how to get results. How to get results. Mark chapter 4, we're going to start reading in verse 3. Mark chapter 4 and verse 3. I don't, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get it up on the screen or not, but... If, oh, there we go. This is Jesus speaking. He says, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. <clears throat> we're going to read through verse 20, quite a bit of scripture here, so bear with me. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed, say other seed, other seed fell on good ground, and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. That is, ears to hear with understanding. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. <clears throat> and he said to them, to you, it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables. So that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then Will you understand all parables? This is an important thing that Jesus just said here. I mean, all of it's important, obviously. But this, him, him saying those words, he said, this parable is the parable of all parables. All right? This teaching I'm teaching you is the foundation for every one of my teachings. Okay? If you don't understand this one, you won't understand any of them, what he's saying. Then he says, the sower, now he's going to explain it. The sower sows the word. All right? So the seed in the parable is the word in life. All right. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Verse 16. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So, you know, that's, that's an interesting um, part right there. He says, these are people who hear the word and they get excited about it, right? They receive it with gladness. They might even say amen in church. But because their, their life, their Christianity is somewhat shallow, um, it's kind of, I kind of see it as somebody that just sees church almost as duty, right? You just go, all right, check. All right, I'm a good Christian. <laughs> and then just go live life like this, and this has no effect. So then when trouble comes, they have, they have no strength to pull on. There, there's no root, and so they stumble. All right? Hey, listen, this happens to everyone sometime or other. Now, verse 18. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. In verse 20, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Father, thank you for this time together. We thank you for your word. We know, 
Lord, that your word is what we need. It's wisdom for the ages. From generation to generation, your truths still stand. No matter what generation comes, God, your truth is still right now and relevant. And I thank you. We welcome your counsel today. We welcome your word. Lord, do in us what only you can do. Speak to our hearts. Change us, Lord. Lord, we want to be more like you. We want to, we want to be accurate and good expressions of you in the earth. So thank you for your help here right now. And I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ to be upon all these here today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to focus on verse 20 here after reading this, this parable from Jesus and learning this teaching. Three things, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. All right? So say this with me. Learn it, love it, and live it. All right? This is how we're going to get results. Learn it, love it, and live it. There's a story told of uh, Franklin Roosevelt when he was a president. He, they had these receiving lines at the White House, you know, so people coming through and they get to shake the president's hand, and these things just wore him out. I mean, he complained uh, that no one really paid any, any attention to what was said because people are just trying to get the handshake, you know, or whatever. So one day while he was in this receiving line and people are <laughs> passing through, he tried this experiment. So <clears throat> the guest... As they came by, shook his hand, he murmured to them, I killed my grandmother this morning. And, and people would say, oh, that's wonderful, Mr. President, marvelous, keep up the good work. We're proud of you. God bless you, sir. And it wasn't until way down in the receiving line that the ambassador from Bolivia uh, heard his words, and he leaned into the president, and he said, I'm sure she had it coming. <laughs> You've got to take time to listen. You got to take time to listen. It's amazing what you can learn when you're not doing all the talking hmm? or, or waiting on somebody to finish their sentence so you can interject what you, have, what you want to say before they start their next sentence. Nobody likes to have a conversation like that, right? You know, you're talking to somebody and they're looking at their phone or whatever. They're looking around like, hey, 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 we're, I'm, we're having a conversation here. It's, it's frustrating. Heather used to say this and, uh, for, for many years and, well, she still says it. Learn me. Learn. Because I would think that she might like a, a certain movie or something. You know, I can remember for Valentine's Day several years ago, we went to, I don't know if you've seen the movie. What's it called? Where the guy cut, had to cut off his own arm. Huh? 127 hours. Yeah. Anyway, the guy that got stuck while he was climbing, you know, rock climbing and stuff. Anyway whatever it's called. Anyway, I took her. <laughs> I thought she'd like this movie. She's like, for Valentine's Day? Anyway, it was not the most romantic move on my part. But anyway, God has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's what the Bible says. He's given you his word. He's given you his spirit. And, and, and the word and the spirit will guide you and keep you in truth all the time. That way, when the circumstances don't look like they're supposed to. When things go awry, you have something to hold on to that is sure and steadfast. Amen. Because, you know, here's the thing about your problems. They have a, your problems have a big weakness. They're temporary. All right. They're here for a moment, but they're gone. But the word of the Lord, the Bible says, is forever. It endures forever. And so, you know, he speaks to you in prayer. Let your ears be attentive because you, you learn when you listen. And his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher than ours. Remember, I've told you this before. When you read that, if you're not real familiar with God, 
This is going to sound like he's kind of insulting you. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You know, like, oh, great. No, he's saying that not as a, as, as a put down on you. He's saying that as an invitation. Come up here where I am. My ways are higher. My thoughts are higher. I've got a better life for you to live. I have counsel and wisdom. I have answers for you. All, that, all those questions you got, I got them. And I want to help you. Learn, learn him. Can I give you some advice this morning? Take the easy way out. You don't hear that in church very often. Take the easy way out. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. In other words, take his way. And you don't have to carry all this stuff because you're not meant to carry it. You're meant to rest in him. The Bible says, casting your cares upon him because he cares for you. Amen. And that, that's where you'll find peace. That's where you'll find the wisdom that you need. That's where you'll find the help. I like what David said in Psalm chapter 119. He says, you, through your words, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your words are my meditation. Through your word, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, learn it. Learn it. That is, listen to learn. Listen to hear. Bend your ear in and, and really pay attention to the words of the Lord. Give yourself fully to them. And then the next thought is, he says, accept it. And this is where we learn to love it because the word accept here literally means to delight in, to delight in it. You know, when somebody delights in something, they can't stop talking about it or someone, they can't stop talking about them. Several, several years ago, there was a, a man who smuggled some Bibles into China a, uh, it was a Baptist missionary, and he, um, they, brought, they made their way around, you know, uh, giving them to uh, this people in this small Chinese village, and they came into this, to this old woman's house who was in a wheelchair, and they brought her a Bible. She had never seen a Bible, ever. She had heard about it. They had little pieces of Scripture from time to time, um, but, I mean, she had never seen a fully intact Bible. Can you imagine that? I mean, we, we go to a hotel, you open the drawer, there's a Bible there, right? They're everywhere. But here, here they had, she'd never seen one. And she had been walking with the Lord for several years and um, loved the Lord, but she only just had a piece, you know, of, of the scriptures uh, revealed to her. So they bring, they bring her this Bible, and she took that Bible in her hands, and she held it next to her chest, and she wept and wept and wept. And she thanked the Lord, thanked the Lord for this moment. And then after a little while, she got through crying and rejoicing and seeing the, the Bible. She handed it back to the Baptist missionary. He said, no, no, this is your Bible. Oh, the, the celebration started all over again. She grabbed that Bible, hugged it again and cried and wept. And I mean, it was just a beautiful experience. Well, a few weeks down the road, she contacts that missionary and tells him that she's been reading her Bible every day for hours and hours and hours. And she said, when she got over into the New Testament where Jesus went around healing people, you know, paralytics and anybody, even raising people from the dead, she said, so what I want you to do is come and pray for me because I want to get out of this wheelchair. And the, the Baptist missionary says, um, okay, well, uh, I don't necessarily have faith for that. And she said, listen, I got all the faith that's necessary. You just come over and pray with me. And so he made his way over to her house. And lo and behold, he prayed for her, and that old woman got up out of that wheelchair and walked. 
Love the word. Delight yourself in it. Because in it, the Bible says, is life to those who find it and health to all of their flesh. The word says, great peace. Have those who love your word and nothing shall offend them. Can you imagine if we lived in a world where people didn't get offended? And Jesus said this about offenses. He said, it's impossible for offenses not to come. He said, but woe to him through whom they come. Listen, offenses are coming to you. Just don't let them go through you. All right, don't let them get inside you. Amen. And the way to, to, to prevent that is to love the word of God. Because when you love the word of God, then you're experiencing the love of God. All right? Because his word is his love to us. And, and that keeps you out of offense. It, you know, some of you have been married for, for a long time or, or, or your significant other, you've been with them for a long time. And I can remember, and Heather and I have talked about this, anything that they did in the very beginning of the relationship was cute or, you know, just delightful and wonderful. But then, I, you know, after a few years, now it's just annoying, right? Now, now what, they, what used to be cute now just grits, makes you grit your teeth at them. You know, it's great peace of those who love your law, who love your word. This will keep you from stumbling. This will keep you from being offended. Amen. To love his word, accept it above all. His word is your increase. And when you take his word into your heart, you expand your capacity to grow, to increase, and to know more of him and to be more like him. As Paul said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So when you hear it, believe it. Take it personally. That's why there are times when we're reading the scripture, you know, and I'll say, like, uh, let's mark, for example, Mark chapter 11, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. And you have to see that that you that's in the Bible is the you that's here. Because a lot of times when you're reading the scripture, you just think that's, that you is somebody else and you'll stay disconnected. But when you say, that's me, when you take it personally, that's when the word can really begin to have effect in your life. Amen. And what's in your heart, see, is going to be seen in your words. Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So fill yourself with his promises so that when the pressure comes, you know, when troubles come, and they will. Welcome to the world, right? It's difficult to see what to do. You've got a source of strength, and God's word will be there for you to draw on continually. It's your song of deliverance. It will flow out of you like a river. And that, that, that way, when, when troubles do come, let's say you get sick, you can declare what the word of God says, by his stripes I'm healed. You know, you may be facing dark times and trouble. The Lord is my light, my salvation. If you're, if you're having trouble financially, God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. Get filled with the word. Love it. And then lastly, verse 20, but these are the ones sown on good ground who hear the word. That is, they learn it, accept it, they love it, and they bear fruit. They live it. To bear fruit does not mean to strive and try hard. If you're trying to be a Christian, stop. Just be one. <laughs> you already are one. All right, not by works that you've done, but by his mercy. Amen. You're children of God. You're born into the family of God, right? You, you didn't strive to be born on this earth. Your mom did, but, <laughs> but you got here. You were just born, right? This is, this is what being born means. This is not effort on our part. This is the glorious salvation that the Lord has brought us. Amen. So bearing fruit is not about striving or trying hard. It's just simply being who you are. It's just being who you are. This is just... This is the product, I should say, of hearing the word and believing it. <clears throat> Simple as that, huh? It's the produce of learning and loving God's word. Remember, his word is a seed. So the very moment you hear his word, that seed comes in, comes in and gets into your heart. 
Amen. So that's the moment where when you accept it and you take a hold of it, that's where it's grown. And then eventually that's where the fruit of that seed is shown. So the seed determines the fruit, and the fruit is clear evidence of what kind of seed was sown. There was a, and it's interesting, the timing of seed time and harvest, isn't it? Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it takes time. I'm seeing Ronnie back here reminding me of one night we were having Wednesday night service. Well, earlier in that afternoon, I'd been teaching, you know, down at Christ for the Nations, and I was leaving the cafeteria. I'd had lunch with some of the students. I'm leaving, and uh, one of the workers that, uh, what's the name of that cap? What are those people that Airmark, yeah, <laughs> they serve all the, the, the food there. And one of the workers, she was walking out, and she had like these bags and a balloon and stuff, and students were telling her happy birthday. And I, I said, oh, it's your birthday today. So I thought, like, man, I want to give her something. So I reached in my wallet, and I only had a 20. <sighs> you know, once you open it, you got to you gotta give it, right? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I only have a 20. If I had a five, it'd be yours. <laughs> I mean, that's just awful. Anyway, so I just gave her the 20. And, uh, and, and left. And then that night, that night, I, I, I actually told her, I said, let me, let me buy your lunch. That's what I said. And she said, thank you. And I got here, got ready for Wednesday night service, walked in those doors, and Ronnie uh, walks right up to me, hands me a 20 and says, let me buy your lunch. I was like, wow, that was a quick return. Thank you, Lord. But then there's time also. Then there's time. Here's what, here's what we need to remember. The word will always produce Right? The word will always produce. And when that seed stays planted in your heart and you water that seed, that is by believing it and by speaking the word of God, then, then that's, that gives you the, the greatest potential for the greatest return. Jesus said some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. And so you can, have, you can get results all the time, all the time, always being a fruitful person in the, in the, in the, in the world. So but Heather and I, I, well, we'd been given this car years ago. You've heard me tell this story, but you're going to hear it again. We had been given this car. Our, as our family was growing, we had Maddie and Laurel, and um, we, Dylan hadn't shown up yet, but our family's growing. And so we needed two cars at this point because Heather and I were busy going, you know, different places. And um, a man in our church just gave us a car. Now, I'm not saying it was a spectacular car, but it got me to work and back, and it was a gold Ford Escort, probably 1985, 87, I mean, whatever it was. I mean, it was just the ugliest little car, but I was happy. I was happy as a lark. I mean, I didn't have a car payment. I had a car. It was getting me where I was going. You know, the tires were aired up, and that, that was a good thing. So, and I loved it, and I always thank the Lord for that little car. <clears throat> well, one night we had service. This is when we lived out in San Angelo, and I was my dad's uh, worship leader at the time. I didn't do near what this girl can do, but um, after the, uh, this was a Sunday morning service, what it was, sorry, forgive me for, I feel like I'm scatterbrained right now. Um, This girl named Karina uh, brought her boyfriend to church. Now, his name is Michael Sanchez. Michael Sanchez walked into the church like, and made sure that very first thing when he walked in that he made sure that everybody that he saw knew that he did not want to be there. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I mean, he had the whole, you know, gang attire going on and just real rough looking. Well, 
the thing I liked about Karina is she brought boys to church. I mean, she was dating a new boy every week, but at least she was bringing them to church. And anyway, Michael Sanchez walks in, and, and so uh, she brought me over to him, introduced me to him, and, he, you know, it was just this. That was it. I was like, oh, okay, we're going to do the nod. Okay. And then so we, we had service, and he's sitting somewhere in the middle. I mean, our church was real long. It was like 100 feet long, and it was the old pews, you know, and and Karina had put him kind of somewhere in the center of the room, and they're sit, sitting there in the service. And after the service, uh, song service is over, my dad gets up to preach, and, and Michael's, you know, he slouched over, you know, in, in the pew, got his, got his look going. But as the message progresses, it was interesting, because I was sitting a couple rows back, and then, then I saw him sit up in the pew, and then I saw him lean forward. Like, after a while, he's hanging on every word that's being said. And then my dad, after he finishes his message, he invites people to come to know Christ. Michael responds. I mean, he raises his hand to give his heart to Jesus. It was cool. I was like, oh, wow, that was awesome. So he received, he received the Lord. And then after service was over, <laughs> I told him, I said, Michael, um, man, I'm glad you came. You know, welcome to the family of God. That's great. This is, the, this is a, a mile marker moment for your life. Everything's going to be different now. Your life has completely changed. I said, well, I want to invite you to come tonight because back then we used to have, you know, Sunday night service too. And he said, oh, I can't. He said, I don't, I don't have a car. And like, there was this instinct. Now, it wasn't my personal instinct. This was like the Lord was just, mo- and I pulled my keys. Out of my, I said, yeah, you do. And I just put my escort keys in his hand. And in my, in my head, I'm going, what are you doing? And he's like, what? I said, yeah, man, it's yours. You can have it. As a matter of fact, I'll sign the title over to you. It's yours. He was like, you just gave me a car. I said, yeah. I'm going to regret this later, but I just did. And I didn't tell him that. Anyway, I said, Can, will you just come here tonight? He goes, well, yeah, I'll come to church tonight. He said, now nah, I got to. Well, he did. He did come that night. But we had a guest speaker at our church that night, a guy by the name of Gary. Was that his name? And Gary, my dad was always generous to people to share his pulpit, like on Sunday nights with people. And so most of the time, the church service wasn't all that great, to be honest with you. It was like preachers learning how to preach. And, um, but this guy had, had been in ministry for several years. And so dad had invited him to come. And um, so he gets up there and he stumbles around for 45 minutes, just stumbles around, doesn't know what he's doing. He seems really nervous. You know, he's just, I mean, just one thing after another, just, no, just randomness going on the entire time. And I'm sitting out there like, oh, Michael's never going to come back to church. This is terrible. And then the most extraordinary thing happened. This guy walked off the stage. You remember that night? Walked off the stage and he pointed at a guy and he says, you, I want you to stand up. And I look and it's Michael Sanchez. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is he doing? He says, stand up. And, and he said, I want you to, to come out here into the aisle. So Michael's like, okay. So he comes out and I'm like, what is this guy doing? And he says, and he starts prophesying over him. He starts talking about what he had come out of and he started talking about the future that God had for him. And, we're, and then he walks up to him and just, lay, just touches his forehead and Michael goes, bam, just hits the floor like this, speaking in other tongues. I mean, all of a sudden the entire service changed. It was like, what in the world just happened? And then he called another guy out. Same thing. He scoots out of the pews, you know, and he prays for him. Bam, he has the floor too. And then he starts just picking people out and praying over them, prophesying over them one after another. I mean, it was like all of a sudden, like lightning struck in the room. And I was like, oh my God, that's incredible. 
Well, guess what? Michael kept coming back, man. I mean, he felt the touch of God, the power of God. Time went by. Time went by. Two years, as a matter of fact. And one day, Heather's brother, her older brother, Philip, called us and said, I want to, I want to get you guys a car. And uh, he said, I've been thinking about you. And at, at that time, he was making bukus of money up there in Ohio. He said, I don't get you a car. So here's, here's what I, I've got. I've got to deal with this Chrysler dealership. And so I want you to find something that, that'll fit you. And so we ended up buying a minivan. And, but it was a cool minivan because the seats heated up. I mean, it was leather seats, captain's chairs. I mean, this thing had all the bells and whistles. And we went to the dealership. They shipped it from there, from Ohio to San Angelo. And we went to the dealership. We're peeling plastic off the seats, right? I mean, this thing had never been driven. I'd never been and never, ever had a brand new car. And we're pulling this stuff off and we're driving uh, this minivan around town. I can remember one day I'm driving to, up to the church in it and I was just overcome with gratitude. I said, God, why would you do this? Why would you do this for us? This is amazing. And then I heard the voice of the Lord say, Michael Sanchez. So you sowed a seed. I was like, but God, that was an escort. <laughs> this, is, this is a lot better harvest than the seed. That's the way God is, though. It's always more exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And that, that kind of experience has changed Heather and mine's, uh, and mine's life. I mean, big time to realize that we don't want, we're not going to hold anything between us and the Lord. There's no money. There are no possessions in this world worth holding on to. So I heard a very wise man say years ago, if you can't give something away, you no longer own it. It owns you. So remember that and bear much fruit. That's what we're called to do. This seed of the word will get results. I want to finish with this scripture. For as the rain comes down, this is Isaiah 55, 10. This is the Lord speaking. As the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. The awesome thing is, is that God's word, when it's heard and it's accepted, will always bear fruit. Amen. Live the fruitful life he's designed for you to live. Learn it. Love it and live it. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com. 